Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. God said, I'm going to give you the grace that you need to endure this thing. And through this, this thing that's causing weakness in your life, I'm going to be glorified. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so we can rest in this great truth that God has an endless supply of grace for us. Whatever we need, he's going to provide us with it. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Hebrews. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16, in a message titled, Resting in the Lord. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So, we're talking today about, as believers, we're secure in the fact that Christ has saved us, and we're not you know, trying to save ourselves through our own good works. But sometimes we find ourselves, because of our personal circumstances, or because of the insanity of the world that we live in, we find ourselves unsettled. We find ourselves filled with anxiety. We find ourselves coming under depression and discouragement. And that's not what God desires for us either. God wants us as his people, not only to rest secure in the fact that he saved us, but he wants us to to rest secure in the fact that he's going to take care of the difficulties and the problems and the challenges that we face in life as we make our way ultimately to heaven. And so here in this, uh, this fourth chapter of Hebrews, I want to just draw your attention to four reasons why we can rest. And let me read to you from verse 9. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God, For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. And then verse 12, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So four reasons to rest. Reason number one, we can rest because God's word is true. God's word is true. He says in verse 12, the word of God is living and powerful. And in the context, he's pointing out the truth of God's word. What God has said in ancient times still remains a reality today. And so we can rest in what God has told us in his word. And as we look at, for example, maybe the 
the things that we're personally going through, the challenges that we are facing from whatever angle they might be coming at us from. We can rest in the truth of God's word that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. We can, if, if we believe that, like Romans 8 says, if we believe that, you know, that, that causes us to rest. I look at my circumstances and they're not what I, I wish they were perhaps. They're challenging. They're difficult. They're depressing. They're potentially discouraging. But then I look at them and I say, you know what? No, God said that all things work together for good. And so I'm going to believe that. I'm going to stand on that. And when I do that, the result is rest. I can rest because I can look at the situation and I can say, you know, this isn't going to harm me the way I fear that it's going to harm me. This isn't going to result in, in some, you know, negative kind of outcome. The reality is it is in some way, shape or form, it's advancing the good work of God in my life. And so in our own lives personally, we can rest in this, that God loves us and God has a plan and that God is working that plan out in our lives and all things are working together for good. All things. Now, of course, sometimes we (laughs) struggle with believing that. There have been times in my life where I had to really look at a situation and say, are you sure, God, that all things work together for good? I mean, you know, I, I can understand some things. I can even sometimes agree that most things. But there, there have been times in my life where I'm looking at the, the predicament that I'm in, and I am just saying, now, how could this thing work together for good? But you see, this is where faith in God's word comes in. I can't figure it out. I can't see how this is possibly going to be a good thing in the end. But by faith, I just lay hold of that promise of God and realize that he's able to make all things work together for good. So we rest in that personally. When we look at the, you know, maybe, maybe it's not anything directly personal that is causing the unsettledness of your heart right now. Maybe it's just kind of more of a, an anxiety that is due to the fact that the world itself is so unsettled. The world itself is so crazy. You know, I think we are living, at least as far as I can remember back, we're living in really difficult, challenging times in a lot of ways. And when we see the way the culture is going, when we see the increasing moral darkness in our land, you know, as a Christian, you're, you're sensitive to this, right? And it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to be filled with, with fear. It's easy to be in a place where you're not resting, But again, this is where we come back and we just stand upon God's word. That God's word is true and that despite where the world is presently at, we know that there's a day coming when all of the wrongs are going to be righted. There's a day coming when the righteous will be vindicated. There's a day coming when 
the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And so we stand on those promises and we wait for those things and, and we look and we say, well, yes, I understand that we we're living in challenging times, but I have this confidence. I have this faith. I have this hope that Jesus is going to come and he's going to make it right. And that, that brings me peace. And that's what God intends. He intends his word to give us peace and rest so we can rest because of God's word, because it's true. Because what God said is uh, absolutely the case. Whatever I'm going through, God's going to work it out for good. Whatever's happening on the bigger picture of the, the international scene, we know that God is bringing about things and allowing things to happen so he can ultimately fulfill his plan and purpose. So that's number one. Secondly, we can rest because... Nothing escapes the attention of God. Look at verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. You know, that brings me rest. To know that nothing escapes God's attention. You know, the truth of the matter is nobody is getting away with anything. And we have to believe God's word. That brings us rest when we recognize and realize that nothing escapes the attention of God. He sees, not only does, not, not only does he see what we see, he sees a lot more. You know, have you ever had a time where you're like, Lord, have you seen what they're doing? And, and I, I've had that, and God responds yeah, back to me like, oh yeah, and they're doing a lot more than you can see. <laughs> but I've seen it all. And don't worry, I'm taking care of it. There's, there's nothing that escapes God's attention. I find comfort in that. I find rest in that. I can just say, Lord, you know, and it's all going to come out. Jesus made that clear over and over again. What you say in secret is going to be shouted from the rooftops. And so God sees, he knows. Thirdly, we can rest because we have a sympathetic high priest. We have a sympathetic high priest, someone who knows our trouble, someone who knows our plight, someone who knows our affliction, not theoretically, but somebody who knows it experientially because they've been there. There's not one thing that we could ever come to God with and say, Lord, I, I've got this problem, I've got this burden, I've got this thing, and, but Lord, you would never understand this. Well, of course, God understands everything from the fact that he's omniscient, but he understands it from experience as well. Because Jesus, as we're told here, he was tempted or tested or tried in all points as we are. But sometimes we forget that, don't we? We forget that we have a sympathetic high priest. We forget that when we come to God with our burdens, that he, he's not indifferent toward us. He's not disinterested in what we've got to say, but he's fully attentive and, and he's been in that place. You know, when you meet somebody who has suffered in a, a similar fashion as to maybe what you're going through, you know, you find that there's an element of not just sympathy, but there's empathy there. You, there's some comfort that you take in that. 
I know for me, the people that have gone through things, I, I might not have even known that they had gone through them, and I, I might be you know, sharing with them something that I'm struggling with, and they respond back and say, hey, you know, I went through something just like that. Wow, the moment they say that, that, that encourages me. What, really, you, you know what I'm talking about? You, you've been there yourself, and this is what God did for you? Oh, that just strengthens my heart. That encourages me so much. And with Jesus, that's the case. I was, as I was reading through Luke this week and just kind of coming to the end of the gospel there, a couple of things stood out. The blind man in Jericho. Jesus is passing through Jericho and there's a blind man and he hears that Jesus of Nazareth is passing through. And all of a sudden he jumps up, he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he begins to shout that and the people around him are saying, be quiet, shut up. Don't bother Jesus. And they, of course, thought that that would be an inconvenience to Jesus. Of course, he, he's got more important things to do. He's not interested in this guy. Just, But, you know, Jesus stops and he comes to him and he asks him, what can I do for you? Oh, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus gives him a sight. But I just think of that, how how Jesus is not indifferent. You know, sometimes we, even as Christians, we can be indifferent to the plight of people, can't we? Oh, don't bother me with, with that right now. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I'm weary. But you know, there's never a time when we come to Jesus and he says, you know what? I'm just too tired to deal with you right now. Man, just don't bug me. You humans, you've just been, you know, you're just exhausting me. <laughs> we come to Jesus and he's always right there. He's ready. The disciples, they understandably thought that, no, they were probably tired. They were probably over it. They were probably like, no, no, not another person that's going to try to, you know, we're trying to, they might have been trying to get somewhere to get some dinner. And, uh, oh no, this guy's going to, Jesus is going to stop and he's going to take all this time and we are so hungry. God knows our, our frailties. He knows our weaknesses. And as he's promised in so many places, he's not going to allow us to be tested beyond our ability to endure. He's not going to allow these things to destroy us. He's going to come to our aid as our sympathetic high priest. And then fourthly, we can rest because God has an unlimited supply of grace available to us to strengthen us to meet the challenges that we face. There's an unlimited supply of grace. You know, I have noticed this. We, in regard to trials and testing and tribulations and difficulties, our first thought and generally our first request is, Lord, don't let me go through this. Lord, get me out of this. Extract me from this situation. That, that's mostly what we pray, isn't it? But you know what I have found? Although God does do that occasionally, I, th I think it's, it's quite rare, actually. I, I think it's quite rare that he just completely delivers us from all trials and difficulties. And obviously the, the Bible supports this theory because the Bible continues to remind us that in the world we will have tribulation. Through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom of God, the apostle said. But you know what I, what I see 
more consistently, even in my observation, even in my own life, God doesn't deliver us from things. He goes with us through those things. And he provides us the strength to go through. Now, if it was up to me, I would just ask for an exemption from all problems. I would love to just go through life problem-free. But you know, the Bible says in 1 Peter, the Bible says that we need to go through things. That the testing of your faith, if need be, there's times when we need this. You know, there's a passage where it speaks of the Lord saying he does not afflict willingly. And what that means is that even God himself in his fatherly heart does not necessarily, you know, want to send us through affliction, but he knows that we need to go there. And so being the good father that he is, it's like, okay, ah, oh, I, I hate to do this. I don't, this is, I don't, I wish I could exempt you from this, but look, I got to put you in. I, I just have to do it. I have to do it for your benefit. And that's, that's what God does many times. But the great thing is, as he, he promised this, he said, when you go through the fire, I will be with you. You see, go through the fire. You're going to go through it. And when you go through the waters, they will not overflow you. You see, that's the promise. The promise is there's an endless supply of grace that the Lord is going to give to us. Paul, the great apostle Paul that we all look to and admire so much, he thought that this affliction that he had was an impediment to his ministry. And so he prayed, Lord, take it away. And he tells us about it. He said, three times I I sought the Lord that he might deliver me from this. He called it a messenger of Satan, a thorn in the flesh that was buffeting him. He said, but God's response was, my grace is sufficient for you. God's answer was, no, I'm not going to take it away, Paul. But I'm going to give you the grace to deal with it. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God said, I'm going to give you the grace that you need to endure this thing. And through this this thing that's causing weakness in your life, I'm going to be glorified. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so we can rest in this great truth that God has an endless supply of grace for us. Whatever we need, he's going to provide us with it. He's going to give us the grace to face the challenging things that we all face at some time or another in our lives. And so just knowing that there's sufficient grace and knowing that we have a sympathetic high priest and knowing that God sees everything and nobody's getting away with anything and knowing that everything that God has said in his word is true. You know, all of that is intended to bring us rest. It's intended to bring us rest. I was listening to a guy preach recently. I was watching a video on the internet. And um, he was talking about the human condition. And he was talking about just the, you know, the reality of, of sin and the fact that you know, we're, we're broken. And he was talking about all of that. And he was quoting uh, a, a world-famous psychologist who had done all of this research on 
you know, just sort of life in general and the problems that people face. And, you know, he'd done a, he'd done a ton of research and he came back uh, with this conclusion. His conclusion after endless hours of research and multi-millions of dollars, you know, spent on the project, he comes back with this. He comes back and he says, well, from everything that I can observe, what it appears is that originally man was sort of perfect and good, but something happened that caused man to become broken, and now we've got all of these problems, and somehow we've got to, you know, find the solution to this. And so this guy's actually quoting, I I can't remember who the psychiatrist was or psychologist, he's quoting this guy, and, you know, he shares his conclusions, and then the, the guy preaching said this, he said, well, all right, thousands of hours and millions of dollars, and we got to Genesis chapter three. (laughs) Didn't need to do all that. You just open your Bible and read it. It tells you right there. Yes, that's exactly what happened. We were created in the image of God, and we were living in fellowship with him, but something happened that caused us to become broken. Sin entered into the world. My, My point in even bringing that story up is just God's word is true. It's, it's right. What it says about humanity, what it says about where we came from and, and why we're here and potentially where we're headed, all of that is true. And all the details that it gives to us about what God's plan is, all of those things are true so we can rest. We can rest in the fact that the world is not always going to be the way that it is. There's not always going to be evil. There's not always going to be oppression. There's not always going to be poverty and disease and all of those kinds of things that have been dominant throughout human history. They're going to be eradicated through the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. And that's what the Bible promises us, that Jesus will come back. And that's that is a basis for rest. It doesn't mean that we don't keep working. It doesn't mean that we don't keep doing our best to get the gospel out. It doesn't mean that we don't keep doing what we can to help the oppressed and the afflicted and the people who are suffering. We keep doing all of that. But at the, in the end, our hope is not in what we can do as human beings. Our hope is in the fact that Christ is going to come and he's going to make everything right. And we rest in that. Jesus is going to do it. His word is true, and he wants us, his people, not just resting in the fact that we're not having to work our way to heaven, but he wants us to rest in the fact that as we make the journey to heaven, he's got everything else under control, and we can just trust him. And now, let's join Pastor Brian in the studio as he shares about this month's resource on Back to Basics. There are certain Christian books that we would refer to today as classics, books that have just stood the test of time, and generation after generation of Christians have benefited from them. There is a book that is recently published called Gentle and Lowly, written by Dane Ortland. And, you know, many people are already saying that this is a Christian classic. Now, Gentle and Lowly is taken from the passage in Matthew chapter 11, where Jesus says of himself 
that he is gentle and lowly in heart. And so this book is looking at Jesus through that lens, and we're going to find out that Jesus is much more gracious, much more patient, much more loving than we ever imagined him to be. So this is a fantastic book, and I highly recommend it, especially for anyone who has a tendency to feel like they failed God, they let him down, you're not sure about God's love for you. This book is going to, I think, forever give you the right perspective on the heart of Jesus for his children. So check it out, Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. Again, this month's resource is a book titled Gentle and Lowly, The Heart of Christ for Sinners and Sufferers by Dane Ortland. You can order the book Gentle and Lowly by going to our website, backtobasicsradio.com. Scroll down until you see the photo of it and then click on the donate button. When you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you the book Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It's our way of saying thank you for your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Hebrews. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.